The following program does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff or management of WFMD. Why can't we just get along and be in unity on this? You know, why does the staff and management have to start a message like that? Signal that we're not in unity. We're in yeah, unity. You put that in there. Well, maybe we're not in unity. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we, maybe we should learn how to be in better unity. Oh, good thing we're actually talking about family unity today. What a what a coincidence! <laughs> this is the Faith Debate. I'm Troy Skinner. You're listening to us uh, on this. I'm, I'm going to guess it's a beautiful Sunday morning. <laughs> <laughs> on News Radio 930 WFMD, because we do this show in advance because we're all pastors and we're busy on Sunday mornings, many of us. So we can't do this show live on Sunday mornings very easily to have this uh, in this exact group together necessarily. Although uh, two of the churches represented here actually have their meetings on Saturday <laughs> rather than Sunday. I guess we could do the show live, but uh, anyway. Yeah, we, choo- we choose not to. It makes more sense for us to do the way that we do it. Uh, if you'd like to connect with us, uh, any of us, Imran, Daniel, David, me, I'm Troy, uh, easiest way to connect is probably to do it through me. Uh, go to householdoffaithinchrist.com. That's, that's my church's website. And you'll get my contact information. If you want to reach any of these guys, uh, I will be, be more than happy and glad to, to, to connect you. Uh, help you find a church. We can pray for you, give you some thoughts and advice about parenting and family matters, since you've been hearing us talk about it in recent weeks. Uh, we, we'd be glad to talk to you about that sort of stuff. This one's, uh, I think, this one's going to be needed. It'll be helpful for those who don't even have kids to hear some of the things we're talking about today. So we're focusing on some books that Conquered by Love Ministries has out there, and you can go to their website at uh, conqueredbylove.org. Uh, that's a entity and organization and ministry that's founded by the Razvies. Uh, again, their website is conqueredbylove.org. And they've got a couple of books, uh, looks like four of them, by my account, that I've categorized in the Family Unity section of the bookstore. Family Unity is one of the titles of the book. books. Uh, Children Can Sit in Church, Family Worship, and Authority, Respect, Honor, a Family Leadership Structure. Uh, if you don't mind, I want to start with the second one I mentioned. Children can sit in church. That's the one I think that even people who don't have families would benefit from hearing because there are some, and I know who you are, listener. You're one of those old biddies or one of those old guys who's shouting at the kids to get off your lawn, and kids shouldn't be in church making a commotion. We don't want the kids in the church. Well, I can understand because a lot of the kids don't behave well in church. So I can understand that. But children really, I would argue, should be in church. And even if you disagree with that, children can sit in church. And I would like us to to talk about that. So When, When I was growing up, we had a lot of kids. And even at one, two, three years old, they were all sitting through a three hour church service in the morning, an hour and a half church service in the evening without making a sound, sitting still the entire time, happily. And so it is possible. And because I, I also know other people that had the same thing. So how did you accomplish that, Imran? By you... accident. It just sort of happened. Right? Those, those socks just fell into their mouths. I don't know how it happened. Yes. <laughs> we, we, we've, had, we've had lots of uh, people say, your kids are different. I mean, my kids will never be able to do that. You were, just, you were just lucky to have yeah, such good kids. I, th- I think it's because you adopted these kids. They just came that way. <laughs> Okay. Right out of the bubble wrap, huh? <laughs> yeah, they, they, they were already this way. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's all training. It's all a matter of understanding what the, the children need to understand what's going on and be, need to be told ahead of time and need to practice it. So we practice sitting still at home. 
we do family worship <coughs> excuse me, every evening, and they sit. Sometimes it's, it's not nearly as long as church service, but they understand that when it's time to sit, they sit. And we, we don't bring in a whole bunch of coloring papers and cars and like a lot of families do that to keep their children busy. We want them sitting and listening. Even if they fall asleep, it's okay. They're sitting still and they're learning because the whole idea is to train them to listen to the pastor. Why? Because we want to train them to listen to God, right? If they don't have the training to listen to God, then how will they ever hear if God speaks to them? And the only way to do that is have the time to spend in, in God's Word. And the beginning of that is learning how to sit still, to be still enough to listen to a preacher, to a father, to a mother, and have that. And it's just training. It's just a matter of training. It's not punishment. It's more of praise. It's more of meeting all their other needs, making sure they've all gone to the bathroom, making sure they've all had some food, making sure all those different things have met beforehand, and then they know what to expect. But in case anybody's wondering, why is this in the family unity section? Because I think that families should worship together. I think there's an incredible blessing when the children see their parents, particularly their father, in my estimation, seeing their father engaged in worship. Um, and actually, it's special to say that's the most important thing that the family can do and the father can do. Is so doing that in together. unity is, uh, is an important part of the family unity question. But uh, is there, going back, focusing on that a little bit more before we go on to some of these other areas, although family worship is also on here, so it all does tie together, I guess. Um, is there an age difference? Like, you, I, mean, I, I mean, you might surprise me, you do sometimes. Uh, is it a, appropriate to expect a three-month-old to sit quietly for an hour-long church service when a three-month-old yeah. maybe, it, you know, might not normally stay quiet for an hour it, in a predictable manner? Yes, it is absolutely um, essential. If you expect it, it's more likely to happen. If you don't expect it to happen, then it's less likely to happen. And we've had many times we've had to get up and walk out with a baby to keep them quiet, to not disturb everybody else. But they don't get a chance to go do something else. See, if they have an option to do something else, they'll always take that option. If they have an option to play with cars or to color or to run up and down and scream at the top of their lungs, they're going to take that option. If they don't have that option, then they don't have that option. They're not going to try for it. They may try a couple times, but it's all about training and being consistent. The problem is if they ever win, they will always win. And I'm not saying that you have to beat the children or win against the children. It's, it's about training. That means if you want them to behave a certain way, then they should never be outside of that parameter. If they're never outside that parameter, and, and, the, and the hardest part is when you're correcting a child, and we talked about this before, is it's, that it's much more important to train them ahead of time than to correct them when the behavior is happening. But even when the behavior is happening, if you're late for something and they're acting up, if you forget about all your, your appointment or where you're going to be late for and actually spend the time to be with that child at that time, then you're going to correct the behavior long-term as opposed to, Oh, you're going to hear it when we get home or, you know, we got to, you're lucky we're late. Otherwise, I would have beat some sense into you or whatever. No, you stop what you're doing, pay attention to the child and say and talk about it and explain and, and listen to what their needs are and meet those needs and do the training, wherever it is, even if it makes you late. And, and uh, part of the problem that a lot of people have is they try to sit still at the church service. And how often do you go to church? Most people once a week. Maybe twice a week if you most really dedicate. Most people once a week. No, no. Most people don't go to church well, at all. <laughs> once a month. Well, we're talking about. I mean, talking about even even professing Christians go once twice a year if we're lucky. Uh, 
All right. But we're talking about dedicated Christians. Right, right. You know, if, if you're a, a real believer, you're saved, and, and you have a church that you're plugged into, you're probably going once a week, maybe two times a week if you're really dedicated. Maybe you go on Wednesdays. But it's not like an everyday thing. And so there's not a lot of chances for the children to practice. I mean, 52 times by the time the child turns one. It's not a lot of times, especially if you miss a few because you're sick or whatever. And so you need more chances to practice in order to instill a behavior. And so with fam- that leads into family worship. And there's a whole lot of other reasons why doing family worship is really important. We'll get to those, I'm sure. But if you do a family worship every day and you make the children sit still for that, that's also a lot easier to control. Because you know what? If they start screaming in the middle of your living room, uh, you're not disrupting anybody else listening to the pastor preaching, right? You can handle that as the family here. You're, you can still continue to read the Bible and pray and do what other things you're doing in the family devotions, but that gives them a chance to practice sitting still for a, you know, for a family worship, which is a mini version of the church that service that they're going to go to. And uh, so, but that kind of leads into family worship. And I, I think that's probably the most important thing that any uh, father does for his children is daily instruction in the word. And the way it works for my family is we'll take um, the Bible, we'll pray briefly to open, then we'll read a chapter or two chapters or three chapters, and we just read through the Bible. Genesis to Revelation, we don't skip any parts. Uh, Some people try to skip sensitive parts for little kids. It's all God's word. We read through it, and as they are old enough to understand certain things, they'll ask certain questions, and you explain it to them. But we read through Genesis Revelation, and then um, we sing one or two hymns out of the hymnal, and then we pray. And then it's not, it, it might take five minutes, it might take half an hour, but it's not usually that long. Um, and we do that every day. It's more important than eating. So we'd skip dinner, but we'll never skip fa- family worship. Uh, and you have to have that level of priority because the Word of God is that much uh, uh, that more important than anything else. And that really provides a good foundation for spiritual things for the children if there's a daily instruction in the Word. And um, I've seen your children, David, to sit quietly during a worship service and, you know, listen to what everybody has to say and not be disruptive and stuff. Is, is that because of similar strategies where you did daily devotionals or uh, as a family and they learned to be quiet in those situations? How did, uh, and if you did it differently, how did you do it differently? Yeah, I think... Uh... It it has been different for for our family. I, I think the absolutely it's it's training, um, but it's it's training from the very beginning in uh, in self control, um, in in contentment, uh, regardless of of the circumstances, and uh, and then also uh, you know part of that too is you know like just the very practical, um, you know that that Raz mentioned earlier. Uh, you know, making sure their their needs are met, and uh, you know, and so if you have a if you have a an orderly home where uh, where the children know that their their needs needs are going to be met, um, you know, they know that they will will get rest when they need rest. They know that they and uh, you know that they will um, that they will that their their dietary needs will you know will be met as well. So, um, and, and that, I mean, that goes that with us, that starts very early because we, um, you know, we strongly recommend, uh, from the time that a a child is born, you know, helping it to the child to establish a, uh, a, a schedule, you know, in which they, uh, they eat and they sleep in order to, you know, establish, uh, 
you know, uh, a, a, a good, consistent, um, you know, physical rhythms, you know, if you will, of, uh, for sleeping and eating. I think that, um, and I'm not trying to, you know, kiss anybody at the end here. Sorry, I, I just, I just say that to oh. say like you, you can, uh, there are yet yeah, children, you know, the vast majority, you know, there, there may be an exception here and there who have, you know, very extreme sort of, uh, difficulties or situations or, or something, you know, physically, uh, you know, that are issues, but. Uh, yes, children should be able to to sit for long periods of time to pay attention to what's going on around them, and and a lot of that has to do with I think also um, setting them up physically, mentally, uh, with the the tools to be able to do that. And your family is uh, again I was starting to say before I'm not trying to you know kiss anybody's rear end here, but they're kind of exemplary models. Not the typical Christian family situation. Um, and some would say, well, it's because they're pastors. But, you know, before you were pastoring, you were just Christian men trying to raise Christian families and put a lot of these things into place before you ever became a pastor. So that's, that's not a get-out-of-jail-free card for anybody who might hear our voice on this. But what about the situation that, you know, you guys have solid marriages, and the husbands and wives, this is tying into the authority, respect, honor, of family leadership structure. I think it's going to hmm. go into that thing. You guys have some good structures in place. The husband and wife are on the same page, and you're trying to be a biblical husband. Your wife's trying to be a biblical wife. Therefore, you're raising uh, biblically, God, you know, biblically ordered godly children. But what about somebody that's not there? Like maybe they're new to Christianity or they're new to realizing that their Christianity is important and they need to mature in it. And their marriage is a mess. And their kids are a disaster. <laughs> and and their, their personal life maybe is in, a, in disarray as well. Where do you start? How do you start to fix the mess? Um, the first part is your relationship with God. If you work on your relationship with God, and then you work on your relationship with your spouse... Those two, if those are in place, your children will automatically start seeing a difference in your life and start reaping the benefits of your relationship with God and your spouse that they will start behaving differently. And if they see discord with you and God spiritually and with you and your spouse spiritually or, and emotionally, then their security is, is gone. They have no security. Yeah. And, and people, I mean, kids do notice this, this, this is not, a, not really a... Um, child story, but uh, there's a missionary story called The Pineapple Story. I don't know if you've read it or heard of it. You can Google The Pineapple Story. It's, it's a really great uh, um, missionary uh, story about a guy growing pineapples, and, and he's been preaching to these villagers, and he wanted to grow a pineapple farm in his, wherever he's in, Southeast Asia, I think. And it takes years, three years, to grow the pineapples, and he keeps getting frustrated. All the villagers keep stealing his pineapples before they're ready to eat and, and all that. And It's a long story, but, but the point is at a certain point, he just gives it up and says, "You know what, God, they're your pineapples. I'm, I'll let you know. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to worry about them." So he's he's acting in a more, um, you know, uh, godly manner. And the villagers all all of a sudden talk to him and say, "Hey, you become a Christian." 
And because they know all this time he's been talking to them about what it means to be a Christian. <laughs> and they just noticed, oh, now he started to act like a Christian. Oh, that must be what it means. And so now they're all interested in, in God. So it, it's, it's really uh, interesting. He had to get his house, his, his mind and soul in order first in order for it to really be hit home for the villagers he was trying to teach. It's the same thing with kids. you got to have your... Uh, um, you know, spirit in one with, with Christ and be uh, one with your wife and be in one accord. And that's a, a lot of what family unity is about, is being all in the same direction, same vision, same purpose for the family. So if you're driving to church right now and you feel, okay, that speaks to me, I'm going to work on my relationship with God, I'm going to be in the Word, I'm going to be praying, I'm going to uh, make sure I'm in fellowship and not neglecting the gathering of believers, going to do all the things that, that Christians are supposed to do, that's good for me. And that will have some positive impact on my kids and my family. However, the one I'm married to isn't in the car with me right now driving to church. And they don't believe any of this stuff that you knucklehead pastors are saying. So what, what do we do then? Well, I would say that is, it is impossible for you to change someone else. Only the Holy Spirit can change somebody. What you can do is work on yourself. And even you can't, work, you can't change yourself, but you can pursue God, and God allowing it will change your heart. And when you change, your spouse will see the change. You can't hide it. There's like a, a light. You, you don't put it under a bushel, as, as God says, right? It's, it's out there for people to see. Your light will shine brightly, and your spouse will, will see that. I'll give you a true story. My uh, uh, mother-in-law, father-in-law, my mother-in-law um, was going to church, taking the three little girls to church. And uh, my father-in-law didn't want to go. Hey, I'm, it's ty- I'm tired. It's Sunday. It's my day of rest. I'm going to rest. I don't need to go to church. I'm fine. And he was nominally Christian. He claimed he was a Christian, but he didn't really do any of the Christ-like things. So one day her pastor said, "All these, I see a lot of women in here without their husbands. All you women in here that are here without your husbands, don't come to church next Sunday. <sighs> Collective you know, gasp. And he said, what I'd rather you see you do is go home and love your husband. Take care of them. Love on them as if they're the most important person in your life and take care of them. Make them breakfast in bed and just love on them. Care for them. And so she said, okay, fine, I'll do that. So the next Sunday she got up. Instead of going to church, she uh, you know, cleaned up, made, made breakfast, did a fancy thing and all that stuff. And her husband said, are you not going to church? She goes, no. Said, Why aren't you going to church? My pastor said not to come. So what? Your pastor said not to come to church? Why? He said, well, he said it's more important to take care of you. And then he said, I got to go see this pastor. And then he went to church and his life got changed. And so you can change yourself by practicing and behaving and pursuing God. You cannot change your spouse. God can. So you need to spend time in prayer. You need to spend time on yourself and being close to God. The closer you are to God, the more likely the people around you will sense a change and will also want to change. Because if the current is moving, things move with the current. If you're not moving, you're standing still, you can't get other things to move with you, can you? So if you're moving with the current, you're creating a current with God, then those people that are around you that are in your current will, will kind of be sucked into that current and start moving in that same direction, and that's leadership. And eventually, if, it's, if your husband is not doing leadership, this current will start forcing him to, uh, to fill in the role that God made him for, and he will take over leadership. You've got to allow it, too, as a wife. And if your husband and your wife are not doing it, she will start following when, she, when you start leading. But you have to lead. Hmm. So 
we start with our relation with God, and then the the the, two, the married couple, they they need to uh, uh, make sure they've got those ducks I- in a row. Uh, as far as the structure goes, is there a pecking order uh, among the children that's an important part of family unity? Mm-hmm. Like, do the elder children have uh, a, a different role in the authority structure than the younger children? Most importantly, most most definitely. Um, the it depends on you know wh- wh- whenever somebody's in the room uh, so when the parents are not in the room there's children in the room you need to have somebody that's in charge otherwise there's always going to be a conflict and so whoever is the oldest one at least in our, in our family uh, and this I think is, has biblical basis whoever is the oldest one in the room they're responsible and so that means anything they say you have to do just as if it was mommy or daddy that says it however you're also responsible. If anything goes wrong in the room, the buck stops with you. It's your fault if any of the other kids act out. So you have the responsibility and the authority, and they go hand in hand. Um, and so there's no ever question, oh, you're not the boss of me. Who put you in charge? Well, no, it's, it's always clear. And age order is a really easy way to do that because everybody knows what order their ages are. And kids always know that. That's one of the first things they figure out, and they, they, they milk that for all it's worth, right? And so... If you have multiple children, it doesn't matter what combination of the children are in the room. Everybody always knows who's the oldest. So that's the one that's in charge. Even if, I, even I if like, twins. I like that. Like day oh. older. Even if the twins. Older. One, of them, one of them is a minute older. <laughs> Two minutes older. If they're twins. And one, one is older. And so that's, that's uh, who God p- uh, put in, in the order in the family. And he had it for a reason. There are actually just different personality traits with different orders, uh, birth orders. We can go into that. That's a long, uh, uh, you know, psychology type of course. But, but it, do, it does matter. And you have that responsibility. So take, take it. And, be and children will ask, well, why? You know, why is so-and-so in charge of me? They're... You know, I don't think they make good decisions. They're not smart. They're not this, whatever. They can always find fault. And my the answer is, God put them on the earth first. So take it up in your prayer time and talk to God. <laughs> it's not my fault. It's not your fault. But they're in charge. Now, they can give up that responsibility by sort of like giving up your birthright, like giving it away for a bowl of soup, right? You can give up your birthright by not behaving properly, by not doing the right things. And then you don't, then the trust is gone. You can build it back up, but so long as it's there, that's how God put in place. Yeah. Come on, David, you were looking biting pencil. at something. You were going to say something. No, I just have, I just, uh, I'll just have to, have to think about that and give that some consideration. Uh, and it, ge- it, generally, generally the way we've approached it in our house hold is that, uh, uh, you know, in a, in a room, everyone is both responsible for themselves and, responsible for the good of of those around them that's that's absolutely true but there's always has to be somebody in charge nothing happens with some but i mean you're in charge you're the father if you're not there somebody else has to step in that role of being the leader and what we found is age is the easiest one because you blame it on god and say hey god put me here first (laughs) god put your brother or your sister here first so they're in charge now if they are not handling that responsibility properly, then there's additional training needed. And if they're going to sin and not follow that training, because it's just for order. You know, you've heard of the pecking order, right? The chickens will keep pecking and somebody's going to be at the bottom pecking order. And instead of trying to fight and, and, and claw your way to the top, we just settle it and say, God put the, the order in place already. Now you can get yourself out of that place by giving up your right, giving up your birthright, 
by doing things that are improper. But otherwise, you are there. There may be a temporary time somebody's abused authority and you need to handle that and, and you know, you can get back to a, a proper way eventually. But really, it, it, it is important. Yeah, so we're going to uh, end there. I would say if, when all else fails, just put Charles in charge. People will get the cultural reference. Some will and some won't. Uh, anyway, this is the Faith Debate. Uh, I'm Troy Skinner. The other voices you heard today, Imran Razvi, Daniel Razvi, David Forsey, we're all pastors of churches in Frederick County. You can connect with us through householdoffaithinchrist.com. That's my church's website. has all my contact information. If you want to reach these other gentlemen, I can put you in touch with them. That's probably the easiest way. You might also be able to reach my guests through um, conqueredbylove.org. Uh, the website that has the books with the materials we've been talking about in recent weeks. Next week, we're going to uh, have more of the same, but a, a different slant on it. So if you're enjoying this, great. If not, eh, suck it up, buttercup. See you next week, 167 and a half hours from right now. God bless.